0: What do yoga, skydiving, playing guitar, sales, and owning a music school have to do with each other? Well, we're going to talk about that when I interview Sean Rogan from U Rock School of Music on this episode of Punk Rock Business School. Let's do it. Hey everybody, Danny here. Welcome back to another episode of Punk Rock Business School. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode. So real quick, I've got a couple really cool episodes coming up and I want to just clue you into that. So so this week I'm going to be interviewing John Lint from 10X Pro. And 10X Pro is kind of a website building software um, that I use to build courses with really interesting stuff it's gonna blow your mind trust me when that episode's over you're gonna run out and build a course also i've got tony da silva also known as tony the outsider he is one of my favorite mountain bike youtubers uh and we're doing that interview later this week as well and hopefully if the weather holds i'm gonna go on a group ride with him this next weekend but i'm super stoked for that episode um you know it's one of the beauties of podcasting is you know you just you, you meet people all over the world and get to connect with them it, it's just so awesome so that's coming up on some future episodes here so a couple things i wanted to touch base on before we get into this episode with sean and one of those things is my website over at punkrockbusinessschool.com is getting a little bit more sorted. If you're interested in getting a free course all about how to use Active Campaign to run your business, to automate your business, to automate your marketing, you can go over there, just scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, click that button there, throw your email address in, and you'll get a free six video course that I put together uh and there's also a special offer for you in there as well and then as far as coaching i've got two programs available for you one is punk rock business school answers you can check that one out there very simple straightforward program where all you do is you get a private chat page You type your question and i will give you an answer within 24 hours and then if you want to look at the new seven levers business growth accelerator program that is up there also that is more direct one-on-one zoom call coaching with me two 60-minute calls per month i got a whole program designed based around getting massive growth using the seven levers Also, on that page, you can scroll down, and there is a very short little course up there that is just kind of an intro to what the seven levers are all about. So, that'll be up there real soon as well. Now, one of the things that we talked about in this episode with Sean is we get into some sales stuff, and I just wanted to outline. A couple of you know we were a little bit limited on time and and Sean's a talker as you're gonna find out and we kind of ran out of time before we could go too deep on the sales stuff so I wanted to touch on a couple things based on some coaching that I've been doing lately with other uh, business owners and you know the art of phone sales is kind of this lost art everybody looks to their website to sell everything for them and I I get it. I talk about websites a lot. I do a lot of work on developing websites and and designing a good sales website. It's incredibly important because that's where people are going to start off. And the goal of that website, though, is to either get them to fill out a form, you know, book a book a session, book your service, purchase your e-commerce product or call you. And in a lot of cases, especially if you're a service-based business, we need to get on the phone with people to make those sales. And there's a couple things that I think are going on out there in the, in the, in the world. One is people just don't want to get on the phone. They try to do everything possible on their website to avoid having to pick up the phone to talk to somebody. And I, again, I totally get that. The more we can automate things, the better in most cases. And I get it that our clients are also very, very busy And, you know, in a lot of cases, maybe they can just be handled through a text message or something like that. But if you are not able to articulate and sell over the phone, chances are your website probably doesn't sell very well either. And let me let me back that up. Here's where you should start. Even if you're not doing a ton of phone sales anymore, just due to technology, you need to have this skill. You need to be able to talk about your product over the phone and sell it and there's multiple parts to a sale there's the greeting which is where we want to break the ice there's qualifying which is asking questions who what where when how how soon things like that what is it that you're looking for is there a budget you're looking to spend how soon do you need this product or service etc etc things like that fact finding elements So we do greet, we do qualify. Once we know what people want, we're going to pitch our product. Then we ask for the sale, which is the easiest part. Now, I want to just focus in for a quick second because I've been doing this with lots of coaching uh, clients and people. I'm telling you, 99% of businesses out there all struggle with this. I want you to, you know, before, maybe after this episode or you can stop and and do this now. You got to know three features, advantages, and benefits of your business that you can easily tell somebody about. What is the feature? It's X. What is the advantage of having X in my product or in my service? And how will it benefit the customer? And when you're easily able to start by writing those things down for yourself, You'd be surprised how many people feel like, oh, well, my business is so good because we do this or we do that. But then when I go, OK, sell it to me. Tell me about what makes it unique. They really actually struggle at having, you know, articulating what it is in a clear, concise way. And and unless you've ever really sat and thought it through and maybe wrote it out in bullet points, it, it's easy to struggle. So this um exercise of writing down these bullet points so you know here's really what makes us different and then here is my offer to you mr and mrs customer makes it so much easier the next time that you get that phone call so i want you to really think about that when it comes to selling your 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 product or your service now even if you don't really do much in phone sales Uh, just due to the nature of your business, maybe it's mostly being done through your website. This is a great exercise to make sure that your website copy is selling the product the right way. Are these features, advantages, benefits? Are these things articulated well in your website copy? If you can do it on the phone, you can put it on your website you can put it in your sales emails, you can put it in your text messages. So start with a piece of paper, sit down and write out three features, advantages and benefits of your product or service and what is your offer. Then make sure that that is uh, consistent across your marketing. All right, there's a little sales tip for you today. With that said, let's get into the episode with Sean from Rock School of Music. Let's do it. All righty, Sean Rogan from U Rock School of Music. How are you, man?
1: Excellent. I cannot complain about a single thing. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure, man. I, I like your rocking the Shure SM7B. Oh, you got you, him. You got the good quality going on. <laughs> you know, of course, when you're interviewing other music people, the, the sound quality is always good versus, like, you know, when I interview somebody who's not as adept in that field. I'm
1: in the podcast room of my recording studio. So we have two of these set up. It's a nice spot for conversation.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna get into that and we'll uh, give you a chance yeah. to tell us all about that and, and how you're using it. Get us caught up to speed, just tell us who you are and you know how you got to U uh, Rock School of Music.
1: Awesome. My name is Sean P. Rogan and I'm from Cranston, Rhode Island. I'm 43. And I own a music school. We've got over 500 students in Rhode Island, and we have an amazing community. We've managed to transition over to online as well as in person through the whole COVID thing. But I started playing guitar when I was 15. I fell in love with Led Zeppelin, and my whole life changed the first day I picked up a guitar. I was at the uh, dinner table on Christmas, day, Christmas night dinner, and I had received the Led Zeppelin box set on CD for Christmas, and I had listened to all four discs, I don't know, three or four times that day. And I'm like banging on the drums. And my aunt says, why don't you play drums? And I played trumpet and like never liked it. But I was—I enjoyed being in band and making music with others. So she said, why don't you play drums? And I said, uh, my friend Ben already plays drums and he's awesome. Like, I don't want to start now. <laughs> Who is an instructor, my best friend. He's an instructor at my school now, which is cool. But then the next sentence she said i remember in slow motion she goes why don't you play guitar and this like light bulb went this it was like the gods went like ah that whole thing and i looked at my parents and i was like can i play guitar and they said so nonchalant like yeah sure and the next day my brother's best friend came over he played a little he showed me a riff i didn't know what song it was from and i played it for six hours till my fingers were bleeding and i I like committed that night to do music for the rest of my life. And having a lot of teachers, I decided to go to Berkeley College of Music. So I was on that path throughout high school, learned a bunch of stuff and got there tested. I, I like know my theory, all that stuff, getting into Berkeley. And I wanted a music education degree to share the love of music that I've got from some of my mentors. But I also wanted to be in a you know, punk and a rock rock and roll band play music. Yeah. So I got to Berkeley and they said to be in music ed, you have to sing, you have to play piano, you have to do all this stuff. So I learned how to do all of those skills and teach those skills, but I didn't want to work in a high school and like do, do band, nothing against that. My best friends do that. But like, I don't want to do that. I want to play guitar. I want to play drums. I want to rock. I want to write songs and i want to play covers. That's it. You know, I don't <laughs> want to, I don't want to read music. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do like classical music. I love it. Jazz. I don't want to do it. Love it, but I want to do rock and roll. And, uh, from there, my friends and I started a punk ska band called big D and the kids table. And we toured all around the States and Europe and Canada, Mexico, and, um, did over a thousand shows with them. Then I met my wife. Uh, this was about 12 years ago and still toured a little bit, did a couple of warp tours in between then. And, was like really had enough and just wanted to settle down. So I left the touring world behind, which was crazy to think that that's my whole identity was play guitar for Big D. That's all I did. And uh, I decided to leave that because there's nothing more powerful than love. And I thought about it real hard and we wanted to start a family. So for income, uh, I had been skydiving the whole time. I went from Big D full time to skydiving on the weekends and my wife and I got in a, uh, a house. So I would like work on the house throughout the week. And did I you would jump skydiving. Uh, yeah, she's got two jumps. I took her. Okay. Um, she's like the nicest, calmest person, but she did it. And she was like, Oh, that she really appreciated it. But it just like, wasn't for her. Yeah. My first jump was like, Oh my God, I got to do that. Like were you, I
0: you, uh, were, were you teaching skydiving at any point or just, a- I was, I got my
1: co I got my coach's rating, but, uh, My favorite part about skydiving was uh, photography and video. Because on my first jump, they're like, oh, do you want to get video of your first jump? Sure. And I'm like, 100 bucks? Like, hell yeah. You're not going to get that experience ever again, your first skydive. So, you know, they sell you pretty easily by showing you pictures of video. And like, I want that video. Yeah. So I met the guy and he's like, hey, dude, what's up? And he was just so cool. (laughs) <laughs> and then he he jumped out of the plane, and I wasn't doing a tandem. I went through the ground court, an eight-hour yeah. ground course, AFF to get my, um, so I could have my own parachute and fly it. But I had two instructors holding on to me. Right, but right. then there's this dude Tony, flying <laughs> on his back, giving me the hang loose sign, just like yeah. And I'm trying to like remember all the stuff and not freak out in my first time in free fall. And I'm looking at this guy, and he's like spinning over, and he was just taking pictures with his tongue. He had a tongue, a bite switch in his mouth, camera mounted on the helmet, video camera mounted on the side of his helmet. He was barefoot. And I'm like, how is this your job? I landed and I'm like, and I said, I want that job. And I worked my ass off jumping for seven or eight years until I started getting paid. I got all the gear, Uh, started jumping around the country in different job zones and got the flow of the performance of. Meeting, meeting the person making on the ground, making, making them feel super comfortable, the plane ride up, interviewing them, making them feel comfortable, jumping out, getting the shots, the lighting, you know, sun's got to be behind you. You got to have them in frame, you know, and you can't look at the ground like you got to be looking at them. So learning the whole art of free fall photography, it was amazing. And then uh, I broke my foot. Hmm. I made a bad decision. I made a low turn. I was jumping barefoot. Uh, And I hit the tarmac really hard and I broke a bone in my foot called the cube. My cuboid wrote a song about it. Um, (laughs) It's called I Broke My Cuboid. Sean P. Rogan. Go check it out. (laughs) And there's footage at the end of the video of me smashing in. So it's worth it. Uh, Yeah. So then my uh, my income stopped. So I'm on my porch at home. I knew how to teach music. I had, I had taught on tour and I had done my student teaching and I, I could do that, but I, they never taught us how to make money touring. So I Googled how to make money teaching guitar and I found a few online resources uh, and I was like, well, I can teach more than just guitar. So I started a music school out of my house, built a website with uh, iWeb, an old Mac
0: program. What if- year was this that you started the actual school?
1: Uh, ten years ago, okay. uh, we'll be hitting our tenth year anniversary at the end of this school year. Congratulations!
0: Thanks. Um, it's been a while since you and I've had like a proper chat. We've known each other for quite a while now. Um, yes, you're rocking 500 students. I mean, you guys have really grown into a big school. That's that's awesome. Congratulations!
1: Thank you very much. I'm. Um, uh, we briefly talked about this yesterday, but like I'm, uh, I'm trying to hustle i'm 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 trying to make this bigger than just me teaching out of my living room i can i could do that but my my purpose my why i have that i know that i've done enough business training and leadership training i know all that and i have this beautiful family and if i'm not the, the more people i help play music it, it, it's win-win their lives get better you know this as a musician and a teacher you know if you don't have music, you're you're missing an aspect of your life that, you know, maybe you're a painter or a sculptor or whatever. But we all need music in some form of another. And our mission statement is to make music a bigger part of your life. So that's what we do. Uh, and the more people I help, the the more money my school makes, so I can help out my staff more now. Yep. And pay them, keep them going through COVID or whatever. And then I can take more money home for my family, so that my wife and I can do the things we want to do.
0: It's like do simple. Go, yeah. How do you, um, your experience in skydiving and eventually learning to teach skydiving, just everything that goes with learning a skill like that. Uh, Cause you touched on something, you know, obviously when a person shows up to do their first jump, you know, they're nervous, they got a million questions, you know, there's all these things going on. How did, how is that translated? To you know you being a good guitar teacher and then ultimately you know building this school uh, that's a fantastic question, and it's uh, th- th-
1: there's four sources that I use that funnel into how I teach my whole Berkeley education like that is is my foundation like I get it, I know how music works, so I have the strong foundation, sure there's no like well. Do I use an F sharp on a C major chord? I'm like, no, you know, like, you know, or I know how you could use it to fix it. So I get the music, uh, being in a band and touring, you know, doing warp tour and, and doing signings and having a line full of people for an hour that just want to take a picture and sign and talking to them and making them feel appreciated and valued. Like my band really didn't take that lightly. We, we, we really appreciated the, the fans, because without them, you you don't have anything. So, we saw people like Andrew WK, who was like the most amazing, uh, making you feel valued rock star I've ever met. He would be at Warp Tour, you know, all night just signing stuff and sure. looking people in the eye and really connecting.
0: So, we did a song with him uh, in 2010 on Warp Tour. He came up and did uh, one of our songs with us. We set up a keyboard for him and stuff. It was super fun.
1: I mean, he's the best. He's everything. So there's Berkeley. There's my Big D touring. Then the, the skydiving, it's a whole lifestyle mentality. Like yeah. everything is relax. If you can relax in free fall, falling 120 miles an hour towards the earth, and you can you can you can be in charge of your breath enough to look at the framing, like oh that's a pretty cloud. The person's thinking, you know, I don't know if we can we swear. Can swear yeah, like, you know, fuck, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking fuck. Like that that's all everyone thinks. I've seen it when they jump out of the plane. It's like, <gasps> and I'm like, oh, boom! Like there's a shot, but it takes you 500 jumps before you can even just relax. Yeah, you know, somebody with 100 jumps. It's like, oh, I think I have an idea of what I do. I'm doing, but you meet people with 10,000, 20,000 jumps, crazy that have more plane crashes than you have <laughs> skydives. It's like <laughs> holy shit. Um, so the, the Berkeley Big D skydiving, and then. Right when i met my wife uh i discovered yoga and i had this teacher and i really it was the missing element of my life and this teacher she spoke at my wedding i i still study with her she's a great mentor in my life i have a whole bunch of mentors for all the different aspects of my life you being one of them uh, in the my bi- music business you're one of my music business mentors um, but my yoga teacher she could explain some a very uh, a very uh, minute physical act with great detail and precision. And if I tell you to put your the tip of your first finger on the first fret of the B string, second finger, second fret, D string, third finger, third fret, A string, don't strum the low E string as you're strumming towards the floor. I can describe in great detail how to strum a C major chord. And I could do that for for all the chords. And it's just like I'm ripping her off. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, like all her pose. Let the let the two feet come together. Let the two legs act as one. Is like doing an E minor. Your two fingers should be touching and connecting. And I never thought about that until yoga. Like, you know, you're not doing chords one finger at a time. It's like a high five. So, because mm. that's where the efficiency comes. Even if it's a slow song, you're not you don't switch chords slow.
0: It has to it has to be like yeah. fit like fast and efficient. It reminds me a little bit of uh, of jujitsu because. You know, as you get into jujitsu, you know, you first you start to learn these, you know, these basic movements and and, and like a lot of things, people always want to get more and more advanced. But the really high level black belts in jujitsu, it's like it comes down to these like tiny little details. And when you're training with a, one of them, they'll you'll be doing a maneuver that is is kind of, you know, something you learned a long time ago and you're doing it all. And they're like, OK, here's one thing see where your thumb is. Yeah. (laughs) Can you just move it a half inch here and don't grab this way, grab this way. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, what a difference. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy how those little details, you know, can, can work their way in. And I could see how these different backgrounds would greatly kind of just shape this picture of who you became as a teacher. And then ultimately, in your in your school. I want to um, move on, if we can, to yes, another please. segment here, just because I know you have limited time today. Um, you're a busy guy. Um, you know, I would say during the covid thing and, and you know, we've all been through it and we're getting through it and on the other side. But I saw you being very, very busy, whereas a lot of other people, you know, in our industry just kind of fell off the map. And what I just kept seeing in all your social media was like, you're building stuff and you're doing (laughs) new things. And so, you know, tell us about the studio you mentioned at the beginning here that you're in your podcast studio, what's going on with all that. And how are you utilizing that in your business? Awesome. These questions are great. So (laughs) right at the time when
1: I, I broke my foot and I was like, how to make money. Normally it was like star Wars kid, funny cat videos. Like, internet, uh, MySpace, and that's all it was for. And then I was like, oh, I, I bought something, a book for $30 uh, you know, 10 years ago or 12 years ago, whatever it is. And I learned all of this stuff. Oh my God, I can learn. So then I got kind of obsessed with it. And I did uh, do Audible and I read all these things and started learning about leadership and and business. Like, oh, I don't know about business. I just wanna play guitar. And I'm like giving away all these lessons. like. I feel bad charging you like you can have you know i didn't care but now it's like oh i have a mortgage and i oh i have a kid oh i shouldn't be giving away lessons this is my this is my most valuable skill (laughs) so i'm learning all these how to how to then started getting into being inspired uh and a couple years ago i found this guy grant cardone are Hmm. you familiar with grant cardone 10x he's a bestseller super uh, motivated, inspirational, hardworking entrepreneur. And he said, I, I read this thing in his first book, or I listened to it in an audio book where he said, if you are not doing your best, it is unethical and immoral to like your family. If I'm not trying my hardest for my wife and my kids, then it's like, I'm, I'm just being a slacker. Like. I'm not watching all of these movies. I'm not I'm not just sitting there like I mean, I I play so much music when I work now. I'm not at home like playing guitar anymore. I did that for 20 years and it's awesome. Like when I play it's for a purpose now and if if I want to relax and play guitar, I carve out time for that and it's awesome. But you know, I want to I want to work. I feel like super motivated to take care of my family. And um you know, s- sleep when you're dead, man. Just- <laughs> hustle grind work it out i'm i'm physically fit and able i take really good care of my health and i study that intensely and that gives me the energy Uh, people tell me all the time you oh you do so much stuff yeah i get up at four (laughs) i have more hours than you do because i hustle like you know that's a a hustle there's a lot of people that hustle
0: so tell me about the uh the build out of the studio and the stuff you've been working on so the I've had the school for about, this location of the school for about four or five
1: years, and underneath it was offered to me when I got here, and it was just like kind of grungy and didn't really use it. I was like, no, like I don't need more space. I only have a hundred students. So then it opened as a thrift shop, and it got filled with tchotchkes, keys, knickknacks, clothes, books, and dusty you know it was a thrift shop and the money went to the church i i rent my building from a church it was originally a sunday school attached to this church and they're like super nice people it's like a all-inclusive church they're like they're they're great uh so i was like i want i'm like thinking about opening a studio and then my friend who's in the music industry texted me she's like i'm getting rid of all my studio gear. She was in a studio partnership with two other guys, one of the guys sexually harassed her. And she was like, F it. I'm out. So they liquidated all their gear. She's like, I got 14 grand worth of gear. I'll sell it to you for half off. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just bought all this gear. I didn't have a plan at all. I just bought, I, I bought this mic in these headphones. I didn't know what I bought. She's, but I had seen her studio and I really, really trust her. And, She's a go- really good person, so I bought it without seeing any of it. Yeah.
0: Um. And uh, are you um are are you doing this studio, uh, you know, as an addition to your school, or are you doing it as a commercial? Yeah, it's it's a or a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, it's a separate business. It's called You Rock Studios, and I have two partners in it. One oh. of which is uh, the keyboard player of my band. Uh, he's an electrical engineer. His wife is my assistant. His name's Mike. And my other partner is Ted. Uh, He's been a student of mine for 10 years now. He's on my staff. He's a businessman. He does insurance. He's an insurance salesman. And I'm like the visionary, like artsy kind of visionary guy. And the three of us got this together. And Ted's the money guy too. He like gave us this money to build this thrift shop out. The church let me rent it. So us rent it. So we renovated the whole thing, painted every inch, put – holes in walls and put them with the windows in. You can see between the control room and the vocal room and the tracking room. We have all the gear, the lights are cool, like the space looks cool. we got a podcast room and it's taken us the whole COVID build out, but we're up and running now. We have had our first paid uh, bands, but one of our main things now is we can do socially distant band practice. Uh, Rehearsal spaces are usually one square room and a lot of people are not comfortable with that. But the studio is socially distant by nature and we just kind of are going with it. Now we have video monitors. Everybody's got their own ear mix and mic. So you can see and hear everybody, no lag, all real time. And you can see line of sight as well. Yeah. So people can come and rent it out for fifty bucks an hour to rehearse. And they're paying four hundred bucks a month in Boston for a rehearsal space. Like right, right. drive to Rhode Island and come jam <laughs> in the best space. And we can record it and we can live stream it. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So that's Diving,
0: all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and uh, congratulations just on the, the success of the school and just powering through, you know, again, I think there's like two ways, you know, when we all not just music schools, but other, you know, so many other types of businesses. I mean, everybody just about was impacted in some way or, or, or another. Uh, business-wise through the COVID thing. And very quickly, you know, early on, I, I just looked at it and was like, there's really only a couple ways you can go when something like this happens. One is to just curl up in, in, in a ball and cry and say it's not fair. The other is to hold on and just see if you can hold on until it all kind of starts to come back to normal. Or you can make changes to try to come out on the other side in a better position. And I watched a lot of businesses. Yeah make full pivots, you know, into these different directions or altering, you know, here's what we used to do, but now this is going to be the way that we're going to do it. And we're going to keep moving forward that way. And, uh, you know, I could tell from watching what you were doing, you know, you were just, you were charging forward with different things. And I, I think that's a testament to your background and, and to why your school is uh, so successful. When we were, you. Um, you know, before we as we were kind of planning on doing this interview, you had mentioned that you had really been thinking a lot about sales. And, you know, I I talk about it. I've talked about it a lot on the old show. And it it was interesting to me that you brought it up because I had just been thinking about it a lot because I've been doing some coaching, um, you know, kind of it's been this real constant subject in coaching and so many you know obviously most of my background has been coaching music schools but i had tons of retail background and and i i think this would be the case with any small business that i might work with is when i say to them okay sell me your service sell me your product you know most people can't do it i, I, got, mean, you. I got, got you i got you so it sounds like you've been kind of really putting some emphasis into that sales process How, how has that impacted, you know, your school? And, you know, obviously you're at 500 students now. Um, Tell me a little bit about it. It will grow
1: naturally with word of mouth. Like it's been doing that, but like, I want to grow more. Uh, I'd rather shoot for a million dollars and come up short and make 700,000, than shoot for making a hundred thousand and come up short. You know, I'm thinking big, (laughs) big, big, big. I, and that is directly, more. I need to help more people. So there's two ways that I can sell you. And one is, the, is sort of the technique and one is the actual, here's this line I'm going to give to you. You can, you can use this line that I've developed over the past 10 years and I can get in a deep musical conversation with you instantly. And you'll probably be, signing up for lessons or your kid so the first one is uh <laughs> i remember being in harvard square in boston waiting for a friend to pick me up uh probably 20 years ago 15 years ago and so i was in their bookstore just scrolling around and i saw this book it looked like a bible but it had the uh you know like black book with the gold outside of the pages but on the front it was like silhouettes of naked women and i was like what like <laughs> what is this so I picked it up. I bet I know what book that is. The game yeah. is penetrating the secret society of the pickup artist. Is that <laughs> what you thought of? Yeah, yeah. So I read this thing, and holy moly, it blew my mind. <laughs> and it's it's sale. It's like the the girl is not going to come up to me. I, I wanted I wanted somebody to share my life with. I wanted a wife, right? And I wanted to be able to talk to girls. Uh, I'm in a band, I'm like I'm skydiving, and I can't even talk to a girl. Like, what, the, what, what, what the hell is wrong with me? I'm a good person. I'm nice. Like, check all the boxes that I want to check. But so it's like they're not going to talk to me. I have to do it. It's jumping out of the plane. It's it's stepping on stage. It's like talk to her. That's step one. Then you got to have some material. You can't go in empty-handed. You got to have some things ready. You, you you have to either alpha or you have to peacock or like all these techniques on how to ultimately be yourself and be confident. Yeah. You know, and you should have nice teeth and nice shoes because girls care about that. So, <laughs> so I read this book and kind of went down that rabbit hole and tried different techniques would go up to girls in bars. And my wife knows all this and, uh, would try things and would fail miserably, but would try things. And, then you have like this nice girl talking to you. And even if it's just conversation or maybe it lands to a gig or, you know, what, you never know. But I'm talking to the girl, talking to cashiers at stores, talk, talk, figuring out how to talk to people. So I learned that skill. So when it comes to what you can actually do to apply as a music school owner, trying to get more students. So when I meet somebody, I have the ability to tell which instrument they play or they should play. And I'm pretty accurate. I'm not good at a lot of things. There are a handful of things that I am good at. I try to stick with those. <laughs> One of those is like, oh, you know it. You see a kid who's for guitar lessons. You're like, no, this kid is a drummer. He, This kid is a drummer. He needs to be banging on the drums. Or you see a kid playing guitar. It's like, dude, you're you're a bass player. You should be playing a bass player. Or you meet mom and she's talking to you and you're like, do you play guitar? She's like, Oh, I, I, I've always wanted to, but you know, I can't. So I'm here for him. And it's like, No, you're here for you, and that <laughs> built the whole. Uh, that built my whole adult um, community, because they bring their kids in. Sure. They know it's the most valuable thing they can give their kid is music. I wish I had it. That's why you're bringing them in. But it's like, it only takes a couple of hours to learn how to play any of these instruments. You can you can learn them quickly, and then start experiencing the joy of playing music. So the question is what instrument do you
0: play or lead with what you think? Do you play piano? It's interesting. um, You know, as you bring up the, the, the book, the game, and you talk about, you know, well, I've got to approach this, this person, I've got to be able to get something, some conversation going. And it is basically the same sales technique, which is and, and, and kind of what you're talking about in, um, You know, maybe seeing this person and going, Oh, I can tell, you know, you're probably, you know, should be playing guitar. Saying that type of thing to a parent, Oh, you look like maybe you've played guitar before. You should, you should do it. All those things really come down to being icebreakers. Yes, exactly. You have to get the conversation started. And it's interesting how so few people, not just in our industry, but this for all kinds of businesses are just so bad at breaking the ice and getting the conversation started. It's so easy, And so easy. With all these phone calls that I get from, you know, parents or, you know, whoever it is talking about lessons, you know, I always, you you know, I think business owners were so quick, we wanna tell them like, well, here's what we do, here's how much it is, when do you wanna come in and get to the meat and potatoes that they never break the ice and start to build a little bit of rapport. You know, and obviously, you know, when somebody's going to go skydiving with you, you've got to break the ice. You've got to build rapport with that person for a little while to make them feel comfortable. And at the same time, you're sort of taking their mind away from I need to spend money on these lessons for my kid. You're taking away. You got to get it away from that. And whatever you can do to kind of almost left turn it a little bit. You know, may, you know, mom's looking for lessons for their kids, but next, really you left turn them into talking about her playing guitar. Even if she doesn't sign up, it's the conversation element and the breaking the ice and starting to build that rapport that, that works so well. And so one of the first things that I do when I take a phone call and selling over the phone is like this skill that every business, if you could just get better at that, this would be your sales increase for the next five years is I'm always listening for some opening where I can left turn it a little bit and and break the ice and have some kind of conversation. It could be anything that they mention, you know, or I'm able to just kind of go, We're we're actually not going to talk about your kids' lessons here (laughs) for a second. We're talking about this. And all of a sudden they're having a conversation with me and blah, 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 blah. And they're laughing and blah, you know, we're just building rapport. And then boom, then I move into like, okay, here's how I close for your kids, you know, yeah. and then I'm able to give them my pitch, pitch and then, close. you know, then close the sale.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's it. And for, for music schools, the the most simplest thing. So if anybody listening to this owns a music school, which they might say in any social situation, and I have a, a couple high school girls that are like my babysitters and they live, two houses away from me. And now they work at the school and I've known them for 10 years now. And now they're teenagers, but they work at the front desk. So when there's parents in the area and, I, and I'm like, normally I'll say, what do you play? That's the, that's it. What do you play? Then they'll say, oh, I played bass back in high school. Oh, I don't play anything. And then there's a response for either of those. Any, any response they give you is the right response that gets you talking. And then you ask them what their favorite band is. Oh, I like all types of music. Well, what's one that you like? You know, <laughs> don't let them get out of it by saying they like all types of music. Sure, sure. And the third question is I say, do you like to sing? And every stinking person's response is, oh, I'm not that good of a singer. Sure. And, and then I get to say, I didn't say, do you think you're a good singer? I said, do you like to sing? It's part of being human. We're, we're supposed to sing. I didn't know I was gonna be a singer, but they made me do it at Berkeley for the degree, and it's the thing that I'm most grateful for. Is I can control my singing. I'm not the best singer, but I can sing in tune, I can sing in time, and I can. I have sure. trouble remembering words, but you know, there's iPads. Most
0: singers do too. So there's okay. you know,
1: cheat sheets, but uh, yeah. So I, I sell. I sell everybody. All, all of the time, whether I'm char- charging for it or not, the parents, a lot of times, to get their kid, and I, I, we have a whole video series that I give them for free when they sign up. Like, parents, watch these videos. You have to be involved in your kid's life. If, you have to do the thing if you want them to do it. You can't say, eat your vegetables, don't swear. Uh, I don't swear on my kids. I eat very healthy. It's like, I, I want my kids to do these things and I can't tell them to do it and then be a... It, you know not be the example i have to be the example so i i try and get everybody to play music because it is my mission i believe uh i don't tell a lot of people this but i guess i will in my head when you're playing music you're not being a dick if i can make more people play music they're not going to be arguing about trump and biden and cove like shut up yeah. go play a guitar for 10 minutes go go play some ukulele go play punk rock, go play some uh, a blast beat on the drums for five minutes and tell me you'll feel better. Like go for a bike ride, you know what makes you feel better. Go for do some handstands. There's certain things that work. One of them is playing music, go play some music. So yeah. I'm doing that. Play with other people, be in a band. That's the most fun. Most of the time you're in your room playing on the edge of your bed or like your practice space. But when you have band practice, that's fun. But then when you have a show, that's fun. Or when you get in the studio, that's like special.
0: I think another element that, you know, clearly comes through and, you know, it's been a while since I've looked at like your website and just copy and, you know, those videos you're sending out to people and stuff, but people can easily tell. And anybody listening to the podcast here can tell that you have this passion for it and that you believe what you're saying. Yes. I and when that comes through in your sales pitch to, you know, these parents, what I think about it is, you know, I'd go, okay, what's it going to be like at the next music school that they might call after they get off the phone with Sean or after they went and checked out your school, it's going to suck. I mean, it's, gonna the suck. Presentation, it, it's just not even going to come close. Suck. You know, it's going to be the standard kind of thing that you see, you know, as opposed to somebody that has a clear understanding and a clear mission of like, this is what I think, this is what I believe, this is what we're all about, you know, and you're, you're covering those things. Yeah, there's, you know, at some point you're gonna go, here's how the program works and here's how much it costs or whatever, but that's all secondary at the, after, yeah. by the time that it gets to that, to that uh, level, you know? But I never thought,
1: uh, up until maybe three years ago, I never actively tried to get students. Yeah. Then I got some bi- business managers, and and we were talking about numbers. And then it sort of was like clicking. Oh, if I get one student paying a hundred bucks a month for a thirty-minute class, and say they're there ten months a year, okay, that's a thousand bucks. Oh, I get ten. If I get ten students, that's ten thousand bucks a year more than I'm making. Like I could. I should be getting a student a day. That's a completely realistic goal. I should have a much greater goal than one student a day. Should You should easily be getting double, two students a day, 20 grand. You know, It's unbelievable how you could multiply it. And I'm not at the point in my life where I have the time to be hustling on the phone the way I want because my kids are a certain age where I watch them until 3 p.m. Then my wife stops her work day as a first grade teacher and takes over. And I don't want to miss this time with my kids. Everyone says that's the most special time. My kids are nine, four and two. And the youngest one, they're almost all going to be in school in two years. They'll all be in school full time. Um, so my time is going to open up drastically in the day, but, um, I get what I can get done now, which is a lot. You can, everybody gets 24 hours a day. Um, yeah. You know?
0: Well, I mean, and I think, too, you know, there's I I, I come at these things from a, a little different perspective in than I guess, maybe a lot of, you know, I don't know, business coaches or, you know, I'm not I'm not like an inspirational podcast kind of guy.
1: I would call bullshit on that. And <laughs> you've inspired me.
0: Well, thank you. But I mean, I, you know, my, I, I don't really push this like, well, you got to make that school, you know, you could be 10 times that big and that's what you have to do. It's really building about building something that works for you and your lifestyle. And, you know, if, you know, you want to be at home for a certain amount of time with your kids right now, if you're making it all work, then it's, it's big enough and it's successful enough and there's always time to grow. And, and, and I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you're similar to me in that even when you have things at a certain level, you're kind of always thinking about like, well, what's the next step? Oh or, yeah. You know, I can't you know, stop it. Just kind I of can't like, shut it off. I always need to have some kind of projects and things I'm working on. Like that's, that's a big part of motivation for me. But at the, the other side of it is, you know, your business, you don't have to make a million dollars a year. You got to make whatever it takes for you to just be happy and comfortable with a lifestyle
1: I agree. I don't need a lot. There's no
0: price to be put on that time. And you can't put price on the family and out there doing the things that you want to do in your life and your kids being able to do the things that they want to do in your life. So, um, you know, I I think that's something I would like to see a little bit more conversation about in podcasts and in in kind of the business world. And because it's always a push about, you know, well, like we're going to, you know, quadruple the size of your business and yeah, it all comes about big, getting bigger and bigger and bigger and making more and more money. And it's easy to get, you know, kind of into that. And we all do it to a certain extent, but you know, there's nothing wrong that with having it like at the level that you have it and just enjoying life. You
1: know? Yeah. It's been so slow too. This is 10 years. Yeah, And um, you know, I know I've heard it making over $200,000 a year does not actually increase your happiness um but you know money makes certain problems go away i I like the house i live in we want to update it a little bit it's getting a little small for three kids so you know i want to be able to add an addition to the uh uh, on the house or take my family to grand cayman's and go scuba diving and like once a year and be able to do something where like if you have not scuba dived in grand cayman's it is yeah it is like it is uh, a beautiful experience i've done uh i've been there three three separate trips three dives each trip uh you know seen a bunch of cool stuff uh and that's something uh, the best part of my life
0: it's been a it's been oh man it might be five or six years since i've dove um but i went through a period man where that's all I did. Cause I was working like a regular job. So I had three weeks of vacation, you know, and every week of that vacation was a dive trip somewhere. Amazing. And, that, and I had a buddy worked at the same company. Um, this was both been, when me and my buddy Dano, we both worked for guitar center and we both got deep into scuba diving. Yeah, so cool. we would plan these vacations and we went everywhere. We went to Honduras. We went oh, nice. to Kamen's, We, you know, we would do these trips. He lived in Miami. I would fly down from, I was running the Baltimore Guitar Center. We'd, I'd just do a quick flight down there and we'd go down to the Keys for like five days, ah. just hang out. And scuba diving is, it's so it's the like, opposite of skydiving. No, it's, it's,
1: it's like exactly the same. It's you're in this relaxed, you're supposed to be relaxed when you're scuba diving. You have to control your breath. You have to. Right. right. Um, but you're in this relaxed environment of, not normal, B- beautiful sensory overload, and it's single pointed focus. I'm not thinking of my taxes. Right, I'm not right. thinking of my Verizon bill, or uh, I'm not hungry. I'm I'm just experiencing this life thing that, yeah. like, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. That's the whole skydiving thing. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah I, it's beautiful.
0: That that's exactly. I guess I was thinking the skydiving thing is more like an extreme sport type of thing, but I, I understand where you're coming from because only
1: for one timers, <laughs> the to- professionals got- are are relaxed the whole time.
0: But yeah, what you're saying about diving, like I, 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 it's, I've it's been on my list as something to that I really wanted to. Actually, I was looking at booking a trip right when the COVID thing hit. Um, to get back into it because yeah, it it is true. When you're down there in that environment, like everything else just kind of disappears because you you see that environment and you go, God, man, we think and worry about a lot of crazy, stupid shit all the time. It's the 20,000
1: foot perspective. When, when you go up in the plane and, and I, this is the thing that blows my mind. I've been, I've been like under my parachute at like 5,000 feet or, 3000 feet high enough up where you see, you can see people's backyards and dogs yeah. and stuff. And you see somebody like sweeping the, like this, this spot of their crappy, like backyard. <laughs> like they have all this land and they're sweeping like this one spot. And you're like, what the hell does that matter? Yeah. But then I've been in my front yard and <laughs> I'm like sweeping this one spot. And I think of myself and I'm like, well, it matters cause I want my yard to look nice and I want to be respectful. And, yeah, and the it's just like, your persp- it's is- perspective.
0: <laughs> yeah is an amazing point because uh for a while i was working on getting my pilot's license oh wow and you know i'm flying around you know orange county la you know there's a lot of planes. Tons of traffic a lot of planes um but it's so weird like being up in the air and looking like everything looked so beautiful and peaceful on the ground even, oh, even man like, you're flying over la and you're like god everything looks very peaceful it was i haven't here uh, perspective that was so it was so awesome i you know and and i i stopped working on the pilot's license just out of um a practicality issue for like how much i was going to be using it and stuff. you gotta but, fly all the time if you're going to be a pilot right and you got to own a plane really to like really, really enjoy it. And so maybe down the road, I'll get back into it. But what I was going to say is something I've been kind of obsessed with for a year or so now that I'm going to go do is, uh, fly paramotors. Oh, good. So that I can get the flying kind of bug that I still.
1: Do you have any friends? Do you have any connections?
0: I I don't just, there is a, a a good school real close by here and stuff, but it's I'm happy
1: to connect you with some, I have some friends that do it. Uh, like a friend, Greg in Canada, he's been doing it for years. Uh, there's, that's the. I mean, I haven't done it, but I've seen him do a bunch of flights, and that's just like, oh, you win if you're doing that.
0: <laughs> anyway, so everybody's like, what are these guys talking about right now? <laughs> we divulged into, you know, all of our personal things that we love to do. But you know, it it to to wrap it all up because I know you got to go here. Those things are kind of all go different. teach, yeah. Those things teach. are connected. That you gotta, you know. I feel sorry, like. I mean, it's not for me to have judgment on anybody out there, but sometimes I feel sorry for people because, you know, I've been lucky enough to do a lot of things in my life. You know, I've scuba dived all over the place. I've done some flying, do a lot of cycling and motorcycles. I get to go on tour. I've been all over the world playing music. And I talk to so many people who just don't do anything like whatever. I mean, it's not for me to choose what you should go do, but man, you gotta get out there.
1: Do so, do something. You have to do that,
0: something that you know va- value this very short time we have. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Especially if you've ever lost anyone that you loved, it's like, oh shit, right. I could die tomorrow. Especially, and if you've been in the skydiving world for any amount of time, you learn you. You know, people go in, they they die. If sure. you're a pilot, you know people that crash and die. It's like it's yep. so not living recklessly but living
0: you're making a choice at every you know it's the same thing it's like when i get on the motorcycle there's a risk risk and reward yeah you're looking at how do i mitigate that risk versus the rewards that i get for for doing it and any kind of activity like that skydiving flying of any kind it's there's an inherent risk and then you mitigate that risk to a certain level the risk amplified when you start to outside of the boundaries of what you should be doing or safety and level. doing
1: stupid things you
0: know motorcycles are you know certainly like that so many crashes that happen are people doing dumb things And yep. but you know yeah you've, you've got to get out there i think it, it's just such an inspiring thing to be doing these things in your life and then it it always works its way back into your business life and how your your ability to sell your ability to inspire people you know and it, it, if there's one thing good for me that happened because of COVID is what you said. It, it made me remember like, man, we're not here. This is a short term thing. And yeah. There's been a lot of stuff in my life that I wasn't doing because I was always working and kind of like, well, when I've got the school at this size or I'm making this much money, then I'm going to get back into doing this or get back into doing that. Or yeah, I'd really like to get a good mountain bike again, but I shouldn't really spend that money right now. And then COVID just made me go, eh. I should just do it all today.
1: Yeah, man, get what it I'm now. Doing the power you know. now. Don't put it off. I I always tell people buy the guitar, buy the bike. Just go get it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I've never regretted the Les Paul that I bought you know <laughs> ten years ago. I love it. It's you know I love it. Um, right uh, what I just want to touch your point one time. We were talking about uh, flying and stuff, and 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 being up there in the perspective. And I have always had this this lyric for a song. Uh, and I've never used it, but it's, it's always sunny above the clouds. You know, if you're flying out of, uh, London or something and it's like all dreary, but then you get above the clouds and it's like, oh, it's a beautiful day up here. Yeah. Yeah, Like, oh, oh, it's a beautiful sunny day. Um, so it's just all perspective. Uh, but yeah, thank you for everything Uh, you've done. You've inspired me to look at my business in different ways and, uh, Uh, adjusts with technology and all all of this, all of the uh, endless tips and sharing your story has been of great value to me. I appreciate that.
0: It's awesome to see you kicking ass out there, man. Thank you so much for your time and uh, being on uh, the new show, Punk Rock Business School.
1: Thank you, Punk Rock Business School. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Danny.